All right, let me try that again. All right, just as a reminder, just as a reminder, if you died lost, you'd go to hell. Hell's a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. A place of eternal darkness, separation from God. And that's where you'd go if you was lost. Now, since you're going to heaven, you're going to a place where the street is gold and the walls are jasper and the gates, ho, 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 and the gates are pearl. And it's a place where God will reside and he will be our God and we will be his people. And he said, he shall wipe away every tear from our eye, every sorrow, every pain, every brokenness, everything that would cause tears to our eyes. I was once going to hell. Now I'm going to heaven. I was once dead and I'm alive again. Let me ask you one more time. How many of y'all know you saved today? Yeah. Come on. Give him praise, church. Give him glory. Yes. Boy, God's been good to us. God, I don't, I, you just don't know what I've been going through. I know where you was headed. And nothing on earth is as bad as where you was headed. And I know what Jesus did so we didn't have to head to that place. And none of us has gone through what he went through. So now, now let's just pick up our lip off the ground, throw it over our shoulder, and let's have an attitude adjustment today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I think everybody in here, I think everybody in here could say, we've had some bad stuff happen, right? We've got things we're worried about. We've got things we're nervous about. Nobody's immune to this. We all face this. And I'm not trying to belittle none of that. Man, I got things right now that I has got my chest hurting. I'm worried about, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but we all have that. But guess what, guys? We're fixing to leave all that behind. So let's just take a few moments and, and let's, not make, let's not make this about us today. Let's make it about him. And I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching at y'all. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. I know what I came in this room with on my heart and on my head. I'm talking to me. Malcolm, shut it down. It's not about you. It's about him. Amen. So let's do this. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. And then flip over to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter four. In Matthew chapter number 28, uh, uh, I, am, I am preaching today. We're just going to stay with our series. We're going to stay with our series. I don't have a Father's Day message. This just fits everybody. I figured out, I figured out that uh, over half of you ain't fathers, so I'd be missing half of you if I just preached to the fathers. Say amen. Figured that out on Mother's Day too. So we're just going to preach what we all need. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number 4. In verse 17, I'll be honest with you, Father, you ought to be thankful. Usually I give you the devil every Father's Day. <laughs> You're not getting chewed out today. Ain't that a blessing? <laughs> Have you ever noticed every Mother's Day message is just sweet and kind and nice to the mother? And then when Father's Day comes around, we all get chewed out every year. Amen? <laughs> not this year. I'm chewing everybody out. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Matthew said, have you found it? Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. I'm going to read just a couple of verses and then, and then I'm going to show you a little brief video and then we'll, we'll preach today. We're going to finish up. We're going to finish up what we tried to finish up last week. We got to point one and two. We're going to preach just point three today. All right. And all God's people say it. It says in chapter 4, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, 
and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, he saith unto them, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets. What'd they do? (laughs) They were obedient. Amen. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and his, uh, uh, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them and they immediately left the ship and their father and what? They followed him. Now, now flip over to Matthew 28. The reason we're going here, the reason we're going here, what we just read was the beginning. Now what we're fixing to read is the ending, all right? This was the beginning of Jesus' discipleship with his his disciples. He was training them, developing them, calling them, saying, listen, I'm going to call you to do something. I'm going to call you to be fishers of men, correct? All right, now Jesus is fixing to leave and go back to glory. Uh, He's fixing to go back home. He has died. He has resurrected. He has been on this earth 40 days, and he's fixing to go back to glory, and he's giving them some last-minute instructions. How many of y'all have ever gone out of town and left your kids at home and left them a list? All right, do's and don'ts, and this is what I need you to do while I'm gone. Well, this is what this is. This is kind of, this is kind of Jesus's uh, to-go list. He's going home, and this is what he's telling them. Look, it says in Matthew 4, or excuse me, Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. When you get there, say amen. amen. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What's that next word? Go. Say it again. Go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, I never, I never, I never, uh, uh, it, it never gets old to be able to come in here and feel you manifest yourself among your children. Lord, I, I love being in your presence and I love being in your house around your people, around your word. Now, Lord, we need the unction from glory. We need you to touch me. Lord, I need you to touch my mind and my heart and my spirit and let me say things very clearly. Let me preach your word and share it in such a way that we all can understand it. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Story. We go to China from time to time, and and uh, uh, we train leaders. Turn and it up. This some. time we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunan province, and they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators, as so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor. 22 sat there. All right, I stop, stop. When you teach in China, stop. you start at 8 in the morning and you... Stop it. Start it over in just a second. Now, is everybody settled? Is everybody settled? I don't want you to miss one second of this. I want everybody to pay close attention. Listen really good. This is a missionary that's gone to China, and he's training, training different pastors and church leaders that come in from all over China uh, to be trained. They're in, a, in an apartment house upstairs and they have to come in two by two in the, in the elevator so as not to be, in, try to be inconspicuous. So they not, if they don't, they're going to get arrested. All right? Does everybody understand that? Is everybody good? We all there? Let's start that over and, and make sure they can hear that. 
Let me finish with this uh, story. Uh, we go to China from time to time, and, and uh, uh, we train leaders. And this time, we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunan province, and they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators as, so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor, 22 sat there. I came in, and when you teach in China, you start at 8 in the morning, and you don't get done till 5 at night. You teach the whole day. They were sitting there, all 22 of them, and I looked around, and I said, now, if we get caught, what will happen to me? They said, oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours, and we'll go to prison for three years. I said, you're kidding. How many of you have been in prison for your faith? Out of 22, 18 raised their hands. I thought, no way. I looked at him, and I said, you, you 22 people, how many people do you oversee? Because they were all of these small group leaders, underground church leaders in the Hunan province. I said, how many, if you counted up all the people under your jurisdiction, how many would it be? And they counted them up, and they said, little over 20 million. I said, what? See, we forget there's 1.3 billion people in China. This is crazy. Well, I had 15 Bibles, and I passed them out. Obviously, seven didn't get them. And I said, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read it. And just then, one lady handed hers to somebody next to her. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, we turned there anyway, and as we started reading it, I understood why she gave it away. She had memorized the whole thing. She just recited the whole chapter. When it was done, I went over to her at a break, and I said, you... You, you recited the whole chapter. She says, oh, yes, I've memorized many chapters. I said, where did you memorize many chapters? She said, in prison. She said, you have much time in prison. <laughs> so I said, but don't they confiscate the Bible? And she said, yes. So people bring in scriptures written on pieces of paper, and they bring it in. So I said, but then if they find that piece of paper on you, won't they confiscate that? She said, oh, yes, that's why you memorize it as fast as you can. Because even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. Thought, wow. Well, after three days, you fall in love with these people. And when it was done, I said, how can I pray for you? I'm going to go back to America. You guys have been just so wonderful. How can I pray for you? They said, you know, Wayne, you guys can gather like this whenever you want to in America. We can't. Could you pray that one day we'll be just like you? And I looked at him and I said, I will not do that. Big incredulous eyes looked at me and they said, why? <laughs> I said, because you guys rode a train for 13 hours to get here. In my country, if you've got to drive more than an hour, people don't come. You sat on a wooden floor for three days. In my country, if people have to sit more than 40 minutes, they leave. You sat not only here for three days on a hard wooden floor, but you did it without air conditioning. In my country, if it's not padded pews and air conditioning, people don't often come back. In my country, we have an average of two Bibles per family. We don't read any of them. You hardly have any Bibles, and you memorize them from pieces of paper. 
I will not pray that we become like, uh, you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you. I asked Dr. Nelms, <clears throat> you see, all over the world, Christianity is exploding. It's exploding in China. It's exploding in the Sudan and Nigeria. All the places where you're not allowed to have church. All the places where they hadn't figured out how to do church like we figured it out. It's exploding. I asked Dr. Nelms, I said, I said, and by the way, it's not here. It is plateaued and dying. Every single, every single major denomination in America is, is decreasing. It's dying. Churches are closing. Pastors are quitting. It's reality. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why. I asked Dr. Nelms, I said, I said, why is it happening over there and it's not happening here? He said, it's simple. Over there, they are sharing their faith. Over here, we're not. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let me, let me just, can I just be real? I, if you're here for the very first time, uh, I'm going to pastor a little bit. So just, it's okay. I, these are my people, my sheep, and I'm, I'm the under-shepherd. And I got to just be frank. Uh, some of y'all in here more bent out of shape of me not having a suit on today than the fact that you haven't shared the gospel with somebody your entire Christian life. More bent out of shape that there's not a, there's not a hymnal in the pew than the fact that you haven't told anybody about Jesus. What's the point? We're arguing over the wrong stuff. We're arguing over stuff that's not important. Do you know what they argue over? Who gets to take the one Bible that's in the village home so they can memorize the scriptures that week? And we're mad because somebody sat in our pew. And we wonder why the church is dying. We, we have done everything we can. We do everything we can to make it as convenient as possible to have concreted parking lots and to have padded pews and the air conditioning. You heard it all. It, man, that is so true. And if it ain't convenient, we're not in. I wonder what the disciples are thinking right now. You know all them boys that got martyred for their faith. Skinned alive, put in vats of boiling oil, thrown over walls, beaten with rods, decapitated, crucified upside down. You know them fellas? And we stay home because it's raining. Listen, at some point, I know you didn't come this morning expecting this. I didn't come this morning expecting to deliver this. Here, here's, we, the house we used to live in, 
the house we used to live in, uh, uh, if you turn, if you was in the shower and having a hot shower and somebody flushed the toilet, anybody ever have a house like that? I don't have to say anything else, do I? You might have been singing bass, but when that happens, you go to singing tenor, amen? <laughs> 10 or 12 notches higher than you was, amen? And we learned that in order to pick on somebody and play practical jokes, you could walk to the, you could walk to the, the water heater and just turn it off. And then in a matter of seven or eight seconds, it's, whoa! And you're sitting there, you're about half asleep, and that hot water's hitting you, and all of a sudden, whammo! I think the American church needs a good cold shower. We need to wake up. We need to wake up and understand being religious is not following Jesus. Having a Sunday morning ritual is not following Jesus. Saying you go to church, that's not following Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Let's, rem- let's remind each other. Last week, it means that we know Him. Say that with me. It means that we, it means that we know Him. We know Him on a personal basis. We don't know about Him. We know Him. He speaks to us and we speak to Him. We have a personal relationship. There is communication going on. We hear from Him as He speaks to us through His Word. I'm not just reading the Word to get biblical information or to get historical knowledge. I'm reading the Word so He can tell me what I need to do this week or how I need to behave this week. What do I need to change this week? And He speaks to me and I speak to Him. Knowing Him is way more than just showing up to church. Knowing Him is way more than saying you're a Baptist or having your name on a roll. Knowing Him is so important. Salvation is the most critical thing you'll ever know in your life. But it means I know Him. Following Him means I know Him. I have met Him. I know Him. He knows me. But it also means not only that I know Him, but I am growing in Him. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm obeying. How do we grow in him? By hearing and obeying. Say it with me. By and. Come on, everybody. By and obeying. That means you got to open your Bible. That means you got to open your Bible, guys. This does not work by osmosis. I learned that my senior year in high school. My senior year in high school, the last period of the day, I had marine biology. I had all my credits. I didn't need marine biology. I'm ashamed of this. Don't, don't, be, don't let this be an example to you. And I'm afraid I'm saying this in front of my parents because they'd kill me. But in marine biology, I was tired by then. I slept. <clears throat> I didn't need it. I didn't have to have it. And, and every day, listen, I... I had my head on my, my, my marine biology book. Mr. Priest came by. That was his name, the, the, the teacher. And he tapped on my desk. Mr. Carter. Yes, sir. He said, this does not work by osmosis. It is not going to absorb up into your skull. I said, yes, sir. You got to read it. It's not going to work sitting on the shelf. It's not going to do anything for you sitting on the counter. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to put my Bible under my pillow. That just means your Bible is under your pillow. Hello? Are we growing? Are we hearing from Him? How are you following Him if you're not hearing from Him? And all God's people say it. 
Listen, following Jesus means I know him. It means I'm growing in him. I know and I grow. Say that with me. I and I. Everybody say it. I and I grow. Thirdly, thirdly, I know, I grow, and I go. Come on, say it with me. I know, I grow, and I go. Everybody. One more time. All right, it says Jesus is fixing to leave. He is giving the great commission. This is what we know as the great commission. Now, the great commission has become the great omission in America. We do almost everything but go. Now, here's what that means. If you study the word out, it doesn't mean just go, just get out of here. I, 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 growing up as a kid... They would, they would, they would, uh, my mom and my sister, usually if my, my mom and dad were going, my sister was in there, they would, they would blackmail us, threaten us with having to do chores inside. Say, <laughs> so if you stay inside, you got to wash the dishes or you got to clean it. And, and, and listen, that's all we need to hear. Move the door. We gone. <laughs> they didn't care where we went. They just said, just, that's not necessarily what this word means. What this word means literally is as you are going Say that with me. In other words, he just takes for granted that you're going to be somewhere. And it is wherever you're going to be, as you get there, as you are going, then you need to do, you need to make disciples. In other words, as you go to the laundromat, as you go to the schoolhouse, as you go to the workplace, as you go to the schoolhouse, wherever you go, make disciples. Make disciples. As you are going, you're going to be somewhere, everywhere, every day. Are y'all with me? As you go to that place, as you go to that restaurant, as you go to that place of business, he says, make disciples, make disciples. Say it with me. Say it again. Make disciples, make disciples. This is evangelism. This is, this is the gospel centered purpose that Jesus came. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was. See, you know, and if, if we're supposed to be following Jesus, that means we're doing what he did, right? As we're going. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Here's, here's the deal. This is the message. Just one, one sub point, And I'll give you some, some helps to do that. We tell our story. <clears throat> we tell our story. What am I doing when I go? I tell my story. I tell my story. Say that with me. Tell your story. Tell your story. Now, remember what, you remember what I said? It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how we've become in the American church. We will, we will get mad at about everything but the right thing. We'll get mad at everything but the right thing. Well, I didn't like the, the music, or I didn't like this, or I didn't like that. I, 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 wonder what, I wonder what Jesus is going to do. You think he's going to, when, when we get to heaven, he's going to be more concerned with whether I got a suit on or whether you didn't tell your story. Let me help you with that. Nowhere in the Bible does it command me to wear a suit. But all in the Bible, it tells you to go tell your story. If that'll help you with your... Right? Now, didn't we, 
Do y'all remember? Y'all remember when they were singing up here? And they were singing them songs. We got to thinking about victory and, and deliverance and, and, and God's power and all that stuff. Man, I got to feeling good. Man, they got to singing. Trina got tore up and I got tore up with her. And, and I, man, I felt God and glory bumps on me. Man, that was exciting. I was thankful for what God done for me. Say amen. I'm going to heaven. I've been forgiven. He's washed my sin away. And we don't go tell nobody. We don't go tell our story. Let me give you some Bible. Some of y'all looking at me funny. Look at your notes. <clears throat> Let's start at the top. Matthew four nineteen. He saith unto them. Come on, everybody. He saith unto them. Now, if you follow him, now, if you're, if you're a disciple, if you're a disciple. Now, I'm not, you know what? I, I figured this out. I figured this out. It's taken a while, but I figured this out. God didn't call me to build a big church. God didn't even call me to plant a church. God called me to make disciples. Now, what happens is when disciples are being made, they kind of congregate. They kind of, they're like magnets. They just, I didn't say maggots, I said magnets. I need to make sure you understand my hillbilly language, amen? I done heard I don't talk right, so I'm trying to be as clear as I can. Magnet. Now, now, now maggots, they'll gather together too. I seen it in the garbage, Amen. But that ain't what I'm talking about. Mom is so embarrassed right now. She did raise me better, I promise. But I'm sorry, it is what it is. Mama tried, mama tried. Amen. <laughs> have you noticed that? That when you, you get around Christians, you, you might not even be in the same state, but you just have a... There's that inward Holy Spirit that pulls you. And, and he said, he didn't say go plant churches. He said go make disciples. If you go make disciples, then the churches will take care of themselves. They will form all by themselves. Does that make sense? But he said, go make disciples. A disciple is one who knows God, who is obeying, hearing from God and reading the scripture and letting God speak to them. And they're going and telling somebody else about Jesus. That's what a disciple does. And he said, if you follow me, now if you follow me, I'm going to make you. Come on, everybody. You got kind of quiet right there. I will make you. How many of us are fishing? If that's what a disciple does. Now, I know that's what a disciple does. That's what they did. And then he said right before he went to heaven, he he reaffirmed that purpose that they have and that responsibility they have. Now, look what it says in the next verse. Matthew 28. Look what it says. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What's the next word? Go. Say it again. Go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. The word teach there means to make disciples. Study it out. Dig it out. Learn it. Define it. It means make disciples. What, what I have, basically what Jesus is saying, what I've done to you, you go do somebody else. What I've taught you, you go teach somebody else. As you're following me, you lead somebody else to follow me also. Paul told Timothy this way. I think it's in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. What thou hast learned of me, commit thou to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. What's he saying? Go make, go make disciples. Now watch this. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy, Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, how do we go for him? How do we make disciples? How do we become fishers of men? A, by sharing my Say it again. By sharing my Watch this. Mark 5. We made this all complicated. We made this all complicated. I, I don't know why. I don't know how we did it. But we made this whole whole evangelism thing way more complicated. You think you have to have a PhD degree? You think you have to go to seminary? You got to know all the Bible? Wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, I don't know what the verses are. Now, you can work on that, but you don't have to have that. It's important. You can, and it will help. It will be a blessing. It will be an encouragement, and you need to learn them. You need to learn that Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because the person needs to know why they need to be saved. Because they are a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23. And they need to understand, I'm a sinner. Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. They need to know that God commended this love toward them. That while they are yet sinners... Christ died for them. Even though they are a sinner, there is a sinner-loving Savior who died for their sin to wash their sin away. They don't have to die in their sin because the Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved with the heart man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we believe that Christ died and rose again, we shall be saved. Now, now, that's good stuff. And that'll help you. But guess what? You don't have to have all that memorized. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. Look what it says in the verse. Look in your notes. Look in your notes. And by the way, if you're here new, these notes are on the walls outside in the foyers on them them racks out there. So you can follow along every time. Or it'll be up here. Look what it says. Mark 5. Mark 5, 18. Now, this is right after. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all... That dude in the, in the graveyard that was running around naked. <clears throat> he was full of demons. You remember? The demoniac. We said he was a new dude in a rude mood. Say amen. <laughs> He's running around crazy. Man's tried to chain him. Man's tried to control him. They couldn't do nothing with him. Everything he did. They, nothing that man could do could tame this guy. Jesus comes in. He sees him. Jesus casts the demons out of him. And, and when the crowd came, they saw him sitting in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. What does that mean? I don't care what devil you're dealing with. God can help you. He can save you. Doesn't matter how bad you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been that bad. It doesn't matter. Jesus can save you. Jesus can change your life. He can deliver you from your affliction. He can deliver you from your bondage. He can deliver you from your issues. Jesus can save you today. Now watch. How many of y'all know Jesus saved him? How many of y'all know Jesus changed his life? All right. Watch this. Watch this. Look what it says. And when he was coming to the ship... He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. In other words, Jesus, he's leaving. He's leaving. He goes back and gets in the ship. He goes back and gets in the ship and he's fixing to leave. And, and, and this guy says, I want to go with you. And that's only natural. Man, if I, that, that was my life. I'd want to stay with the one that helped me too. He says, let me go with you. Let me go with you. How many of y'all see this? Everybody see this? Now watch, now watch. Look at what it says. How be it, 
Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Oh, okay. Let's read the sentence to the comma. Let's try this. You ready? But Jesus saith unto him, Say it again. And Do y'all see anywhere where he said, now, now learn the Romans road. Now I need you to learn these seven verses. I need you to go to Bible school. Now as soon as you get a perfect attendance in Sunday school, he didn't say none of that, did he? What was the only thing he said to do? Go tell your friends what I did. You know what he's basically saying? Go tell your, go home to thy friends, tell them what good things. Now watch, watch what he did. And he departed and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You know why? Because they remembered the demoniac. They remembered the one that broke the chains that tried to bind him. They remembered the one that was howling in the graveyard and crying and moaning and in pain. But he just went everywhere telling his Let me tell you another one. John 4. This woman was a woman at the well. Y'all remember? Jesus was on his way. I believe it was to Galilee. He said, but he must needs go through Samaria. Now, ordinarily, ordinarily, a Jew would try to avoid that area because they didn't get along with Samaritans. And, but Jesus had a plan. Jesus, there was a sinner that needed him. And y'all know the story. I don't, I'm, not, I got, I'm short of time, so I've got to hurry this. He went to the well, and there she was. This woman had been married several times and shacking up with the one she was with then. And so here Jesus is, he meets her and, and introduces himself and shows her, you know, her sin and what she's, she's been doing. And, and listen, he's the Messiah. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen. He's the one that she's been waiting on. He is the deliverer. He's the savior. She believes on him. She leaves her pot at the well and takes off to the village. Takes off to the village. Now, what happens? What happens when somebody's delivered by God? Look what it says. Verse 28, when you get there, say amen. Amen. Right there in your notes. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now watch what happened. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the? Let let me say this. Let me say this. Add this word here. Instead of saying, write this. Write this there in your notes. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the story of the woman. What did she do? She went and told her story. Right? Just tell your story. This is not complicated, is it? You know why the church is exploding? 
in Nepal, in China, North and South Korea, is because when somebody meets Jesus, they leave and go tell their now, I, listen, I'm not here to get on to you. God knows that video convicted us all enough as it is. I about wanted to cry when I first seen it. But let's be real honest. Let's be real honest. When's the last time you told your story? Have you ever told your story? Have you ever told anybody? What Jesus has done for you. Then why are we surprised. That the church is dying in America. If we're not willing to tell somebody. Our story. You know what's a shame. The other day I told you a story. Of the shrimp. Some of y'all remember. Remember I went to that new restaurant? Shrimp was big as your head. When I left there, I told everybody. I told y'all in here. We was all jacked up about it. We was all excited about it. You was more excited about that than the sermon because you put on my Facebook. Where's this place at? Didn't say nothing about the sermon. Everybody inquiring, sending me DMs, you know, messages. Where's that place at? You know how much better Jesus is than shrimp? <laughs> how many of y'all can be honest a minute? Man, y'all a lying crowd, then. <laughs> Great day. I seen one. I guess they afraid what I was going to ask. Seriously, come on, come on. Can we be honest just a minute? The last time you got excited about something, it might be a cheer routine for your kid or a big fish you caught or, or, or maybe a coon dog did real good. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you cooked a, a meal that turned out great, uh, but, but you, you, man, you was excited to tell somebody something. Come on, come on. Raise your hand. Come on. I got to ask you. Remember them glory bumps we had a while ago because of what God has done for us? Isn't that better? That's better than any shrimp I know. That's better than any bass I've caught and sent a picture to somebody. Why ain't we telling? I don't know how. Man, this is great. Today is your day. Because I'm going to show you how. How do we do this? Look in your notes. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Got two minutes and 34 seconds. How do I tell my story? How to tell my story? Uh, Jason, where you at? Where you at? Just sit down. We ain't got time. <laughs> we may try in the next one. I just wanted you to make sure so you wasn't looking. But thanks for being ready. <clears throat> What I was going to do, what I was going to do is have Jason come up and I was going to tell, I was going to show you by illustration, I was going to tell you my story. And then I was going to let Brother Jason tell his story because his story is different than my story. 
I grew up in church my whole life. I grew up a preacher's kid. I mean, I know a whole lot about the Bible. I'm, I mean a ton about the Bible before I ever got saved. His is different. But guess what? His story is just effective as my story. I used to think, I used to think, you know, all these people like my dad, my dad, he's a hoodlum. <laughs> Registered. Papers, DNA profile, everything. Hoodlum. Dad, do I have a witness? Tell him, come on, don't you? You're on the front row. Don't you lie four feet from the altar. Right? Bad guy. Did you have any church experience? All right, mom, you're shaking your head yes, and he's shaking his head no. One of you lying. <laughs> no church experience, right? But you're, you're shaking your head yes, he was a bad guy, right? He, he was bad. Y'all heard mama. Mamas don't lie. Amen. His is the exact opposite of mine. He, he can come up here and tell his story and tell you everything God saved him from. But I'm his boy and I'd have to stand beside him. I don't have any of that stuff. Now, my story would be, let me tell you what God kept me from. It's my story. Right? It's, it's different than his, but it's still effective. Because it's my story. Does that make sense? That's why I don't want nobody, well, I'll tell you, I don't have a story like that. It don't matter. Your story is your story. And God can use your story to reach somebody. This woman's story was different than the demoniac story, but they both were effective. Here's how we do it. Number one, look on your notes. How do we tell our story? How do we tell our story? Here's what we do. Simply, we tell what our life was before we met Jesus. We tell what our life was before we met Jesus. For instance, here's my story. I was a church kid. I was a church kid. I was raised in church. I was raised in Sunday school. I was raised memorizing the Bible. I was raised singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, before I knew how to read. That was my life before Jesus. I wasn't a hell raiser. I didn't burn down the bars. I was in church every week. But I was a lost guy in church every week. I was a religious lost person. Dad was a non-religious lost person. But guess what? We were both lost. You see what happened? I'm telling you, I knew a lot about God before I got saved. I knew a lot about Jesus before I got saved. And, and, and the bad part about that is, the bad part about that is, is sometimes when you know a lot about Jesus, you, you feel comfortable with that. And I thought I was fine. I thought I was fine. Until Jesus showed me, it didn't, didn't matter how much I knew, I was still a sinner. You see, tell people what your life was before you met Jesus. Then secondly, write this down. Tell how you came to know Jesus. Tell how you can't. Hey, right where you're sitting, Jason. Right where you're sitting. You still there or did you leave? Stand up. Now, real loud because you don't have a microphone on. How did you come to know Jesus? 30 seconds. I showed up here because uh, Stephanie made me come and didn't want to. And, uh, and God just pulled on my heartstrings. Now, did you want to come when you came? I did not. You did not. But, but, but she, she made you come, and here you are, and God got a hold to you. Absolutely. There you go. Amen. And all God's people say it. All right, yeah, give God praise. That's cool. Mom and dad, mom and dad came to, came to Jesus by way of revival on a Wednesday night. I did in, in, in my bedroom. 
I did in my bedroom. I knew all about Jesus. You didn't have to come show me a verse. I could, I could quote them for you. But at that point, I had to say, I am. I don't know how many prayers I prayed. Oh, God, if I'm not saved, save me. That didn't work. Say, why didn't that work? That sounded good to me. No, that didn't work because I wasn't admitting anything. I was saying, it's in case if I'm not. But the moment I got real with God and said, I'm a sinner. Not if, I am. Say, boom. That's how I come to Jesus. And then thirdly, thirdly, write this down. How do we share a story? First, number one, say it with me. Tell. Okay, number two, tell. Number three, tell how Jesus changed your life for the better. Tell how Jesus changed your life for the better. I started hearing from him. I started feeling conviction when I did stupid things. I started feeling conviction before I did stupid things that kept me from doing stupid things. I found I had a helper. I found I had an encourager. I found I had a convictor. I found out I had somebody that, that when, 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 when Trini's up here singing, getting tore up, and I'm getting tore up with her, the Holy Spirit's saying, you know she's right. About the trials of life and the difficulty, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that's touching her is inside of me, touching me. Tell your story, somebody. Go this week. Now, the difference between the past and the present and the future. In the past, all right, we'd go to the next verse and keep on preaching. And, and now we get, we're all in the fields today about this. And we're feeling challenged about this and feeling convicted about this. Because then people in China are putting us to shame. And so right now we're feeling like we need to go tell our story. And you're thinking about going telling your story to somebody. And, 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 but as time goes by, you're going to forget about it. And, 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 and you're going to say, well, we're going to be on a different subject next week. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why go to another subject till we get this one? Because here's, I mean, let's face it. We're not disciples if we're not sharing our story. I got, this, I got to talk to my barber this week. I said, man, and I, 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 honestly, I was challenged in, in life group because we're saying, what is God saying to you? And God said, he wants you to share your story. I said, this week I will. I will share my story with my barber. And I got to share my story. I said, man, have I ever told you my story, how I come to G? Because I've been going there 19 years. We talk about church all the time, what's happening. Not, but telling my specific story. He said, if you did, I don't remember. I said, good. <laughs> so here we go. Go tell your story. Go tell your story. Tell somebody. You might be amazed at what God will do with your story. Amen. Don't say you're a disciple unless you know him. Amen. Don't say you're a disciple unless you're growing in him. Don't say you're a disciple unless you're going for him. Are you sharing your story? 
Preacher, I'm scared. That's why he said all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. What's that go? How good? What is that? How's that going to do me any good? Acts 1 8. Before Jesus left, he said, But ye shall receive. Ye shall receive. Now, let me be, can I be transparent a minute? We're just way out of time. So, y'all going to have to be very careful getting out of the parking lot. People coming in, y'all got to leave, so let's be Christian. Okay, can y'all be Christian in the parking lot? Road rage and everything. I know how it is. Don't look at me that way. I know how it is. And waiting and beep, beep. And, you know, I don't. But I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I want to be transparent a minute. I want to be transparent a minute. I know y'all think this, this, is not, this is not the real Malcolm that you see every week. Now, I promise you, I'm going to be the same no matter where I'm at. And you see me, I'm telling you. But the, the courage to stand up here and share with y'all and preach and be in front of all these people, this is not me. This is God in me helping me do this. This is the anointing that you're seeing. Because when I walk out those doors, that, that, that anointing stays up here. <clears throat> and I'm shy. And I'm petrified of people. I'm telling you, by nature, I'm ultra, ultra shy. And I get nervous. Do you know what I was doing Monday? I, I came and I knew I was going to share my story. And I was terrified. Matter of fact, I come to the office to take my medicine. And, 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 and I, it took me three hours to take my medicine. <laughs> Brother John, I was procrastinating. And it dawned on me. Stupid, go do what you're supposed to do. You're just procrastinating. And all the way there, I said, God, help me, please. God, give me that power. You promised to give me power. You said you was going to give me power. The word says it. You can't lie. I got to have some power. Some of y'all may not talk to God that way. I'm honest. I'm telling God, I need your, you told me to do it. I'm just doing what you told me to do. I need some power to do it. Please don't let me be afraid. Give me boldness, Lord. Help me, Jesus, help me. Please don't let nobody be in there. I know what you're thinking. You're the preacher. I'm human. But guess what? I shared it. Did you? Why are you saying all that? Because I'm no different than you. I need God's help and God's power to share my story, just like you. Well, you know, you're fearless. I was terrified. I, I, I don't know. I, and I, I, share, I share all the time. I witness all the time. I've been in the middle of the woods and me and a guy got on our knees in the middle of the woods coon hunting. He got saved. I mean, I'll tell it. But sometimes when you really want somebody to get it, the devil will try to. But you got power, guys. And I'm just trying to be transparent, let you know we're all nervous. We're all. The devil will try to scare us all from doing it. But you've got power that you're not even using. Go share your story. Go share your story. Share those three things. What was your life before you came to Jesus? How did you come to Jesus? What has your life been since you come to Jesus? That's your story. And all God's people say it. How many of y'all would say today Jesus has challenged us all? Let's go tell our story. Amen? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord.